Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. The best way to learn is to jump in there and learn on the fly because you can listen to podcasts, you can read books, you can study your butt off, but until you're in the project, that is the best way to learn and the best way to expedite your growth. So just jump in. Best ever listeners, before today's episode, I want to invite you to join us in Keystone, Colorado, February 20th through 22nd. It is the 2020 Best Ever Conference. And not only do I want to invite you to join us, I want to invite you to earn 15% for every ticket that you're responsible for selling should you join as an affiliate for the conference. Great way to earn money. And also, if you're planning on attending, great way to pay for your ticket, essentially. You get enough sales. So you can go to BEC20.com. And in the top left corner, it says earn 15% as an affiliate. You can click that, join the affiliate program, and you got all the resources that you need to share the good word about the Best Ever Conference in Keystone, Colorado. And we will be talking more about this on future episodes. But for now, go check out BEC20.com and that affiliate page. You can earn 15% as an affiliate, and we will see you in Keystone, Colorado. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Shelby Osborne. How you doing, Shelby? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's my pleasure, and I'm glad to hear that you're good and looking forward to our conversation. A little bit about Shelby. She served in the Army for six years, getting out in 2018 to be in real estate full-time, both as a broker and investor. She was Keller Williams Rookie of the Year for the Carolinas region. Congratulations on that. Very impressive. And founded Five Pillars Realty Group on January 1st, 2019, and in their first year were recognized as an EXP icon team completing 130 transactions and 19 million in volume. Holy cow, you are on fire. Based in Fayetteville, North Carolina, and thank you for your service in the Army and helping us all be safe. So with that being said, Shelby, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Sure. So yeah, military for six years really set the stage for everything that my team and I have become. 
We are composed almost primarily of military veterans. So most of us served here at Bragg, got out, and then all of us were investors first, which makes us really powerful in understanding the market, understanding the numbers, and helping other investors nationwide meet their goals in their own portfolios. So our mission is kind of twofold because we have our mission for our clients where we want to help investors and then specifically military members hit their own real estate goals. But then also for our internal team, all of us are completely driven with the goal of financial independence. So instead of a normal real estate company where you kind of come in and maybe work for 20 years doing transactions, our goal is to come in, crush it for three to five years and throw all of the income into our own portfolios to become financially independent and be able to do whatever we want. Wow. What a bold way of creating a company where the vision is to have everyone exit out within a short period of time. Yes, it is. And our admin are not necessarily, so we're really big into like Myers-Briggs and disc assessment. I don't know if you're into that stuff, but our our admin are much more of like, Hey, I want the stable steady job, not looking to leave. But Mm -hmm. the agents really want to get in there and just absolutely destroy everything and crush it. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of us want to get into consulting here in the future because it's super fun. So, so those profits from the commissions are then reinvested into their own real estate transactions, correct? Exactly. Yes. All of our agents personally invest as well as help investors. I know you must get this question a lot, but I'm still going to ask it. If the agents are reinvesting their money into real estate deals and wanting to become financially independent, and that's a hardcore three to five year goal, then how are there so many deals where they can then also fulfill the needs of their clients to get them those same deals? It is ridiculous. I don't know if you've dug into this market. I haven't. (laughs) But I love it in the sense of there are plenty of deals to go around specifically on that point because clients have said the same thing. But if a client at any point is going for a deal, my agents will not touch it. I am not here and none of my agents, we all know, we do not fight with our clients over deals. There are plenty to go around and we've had no issue with that. So what's a typical deal? So most of our clients are looking for burrs. You know what burrs are. Yep. But in case someone's from a different planet, what's a burr? (laughs) Okay. So that's where we buy a really crappy property and then we rehab it. We rent it. We refinance, pull that money back and repeat the whole process. Okay. So what's the price point typically and how much are you putting in and what are you getting in rent afterwards, value after the renovations, all that stuff? So the ideal burr that most people are looking for, because our price point for the barrier for entry and bid is super low. So there, most people are looking for a $40,000 or under house, but so 40000 is about right. And then they're throwing twenty into it and it's appraising around eighty five. So that's what your numbers are looking like for the most part. Although I do love my investors. I've had a couple from California lately who come in and they just have a lot more money because there's the sweet spot. Because most people want to come in for as little out of pocket as possible. So they're doing that 40, 20, and then appraise at 85. But if my guys from Cali can afford it, the average price point of a home in Bitville is 155 for a normal buyer, 155, 165. So if they can just go a little higher and buy between the 60, 70, 80 mark, less competition, easier for them to get a deal and still great numbers at the end of the day. On that example, buy around 70,000, you put how much into it? So, and that's, I mean, on average, (laughs) I know every house is different. Yeah. 25. And then what's it going to be valued at? On average, hopefully we pull anywhere from 120 to 150. 
because if we press any higher, and that's the other thing that's really cool about Fayetteville is because I don't know if you're tracking VA foreclosures, but because Fort Bragg is right here in Fayetteville and it is the largest military installation in the world, everyone can get a VA loan, which is literally pretty much everyone get a VA loan, which is 0% down on a property. So people will use this loan and they don't understand that they're going to be leaving the area and want to sell in three years. So they shouldn't buy this beautiful new construction home with 0% down. So we have tons of foreclosures. That's my whole mm. point of that whole thing. Okay. Is that homes will foreclose. So there's great deals all around at different price points. But then the thing that we run into, if you buy at that higher price point, which you could refinance and have it clean on the burr, but your rental prices aren't high enough to support. You see what I'm saying? Like you have to keep it in the lower price range because yep. rental rates are around. They don't go up proportionate to the purchase price. And that was a, my follow-up question on the 85K appraisal where you bought it for around 40, you put in 20. What's that renting for? Usually right at the 1%. So normally you're going to get 850 or 950. So generally a 3-2 with a garage that's in decent condition, not even seller, you can get 950 for it. Okay. And then with the 120 appraisal around 1% or maybe a little bit lower? That's a good goal. And see, that's always the conversation with people is, hey, look, this could get really pretty on the refi. However, you have to take into consideration that the rents, can, you can only get this much for that property. Right. Okay. Super fun. I love those and, <laughs> Yeah. Your team's doing incredibly well. When you structure your company and you have the conversation with the new agents that are coming in, if they're not an investor first, does that disqualify them? It does not. So the things that I'm looking for, I love my military people just because we all speak the same language. We all act with the same sense of urgency, although it's not a total deal breaker. But I really look for the fire in someone's eyes because although we haven't been doing this too long, I've already come across people who come in really hot and want it. But unless there's that fire in their eyes, unless they like want to wake up at 4.30 in the morning and totally destroy the day... It's not the team for them just because we're so quick paced, but we do a lot of investors, but we also have a residential side of the team that if they're not as savvy on the investment side, so we do it all. And where does that fire come from for you personally? Oh gosh. So this is so funny. Everyone talks about what's your why? <laughs> we're having like a, like a third life crisis right now. figuring out my why. But for me, it started out with financial freedom, the idea of having enough passive income to do whatever I want with my time because it stemmed from the military because the military controls your life so much that just breaking free of that and having complete control over my finances, my life and my time is where that initial fire came from. And it's definitely turned into something different now that I've been out for a couple of years. And like, I love building systems. I love seeing people grow so I really think that my why has shifted as well. Since you've launched your company, which is a little over a year, but almost a year to the day, what are a couple things that have not gone well? Oh my gosh. Really, you have to be sure about your people. So the reason why my team has been so successful in one year is because we started out with at least 75 of our people being fantastic from the beginning. Did you say 75%? Yeah, well, which is okay. like a completely weird number to use because there was like four of us. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was a black sheep. <laughs> that sounds terrible. 
but yeah, it all goes back to having the right people because if you have the right people, you don't have to constantly think about motivating them. You don't have to solve their little problems because they're able and capable and want to solve problems on their own. So yeah, the struggle, I guess, was not always having the right people for the job and then just figuring that out, letting them go and bringing on the right people. Okay. And for someone who's listening and has identified someone on their team who is not the right person, what are some some suggestions you would give the manager prior to making a decision and having a conversation with that person that they've identified? So I think it's not too late, but what I've learned is that managing expectations from the very beginning is the best way to mitigate any of this. So the way that I do it now is that when I bring people on, I say, hey, this is a 30, 60, 90 day process. This is not like, hey, I'm hiring you for a year. We're going to talk about expectations on day one. And on day 30, I'm going to sit down with you and say, hey, here's what I saw. Here's great. Here's what you need to improve on. This is the way ahead and things for them to work on. And then when we get to that 90 day point, if they have not corrected the things that, hey, you're not doing this in the best manner that meet aligns with the goals of our team, it's very cut and dry because I have it in writing and we've discussed it three times at this point. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, that's when I'm saying, hey, I'm really sorry. This isn't the right fit. Mm-hmm. I like that. Okay. So let's assume that that was not in place. Mm-hmm. What, okay. what so, are some tips or some things you have to still say? Counseling. And I, this all goes back to the military. The military is really big on counseling. So in the 30, 60, 90 day process, I meet with them once a week. And then we have that review at the 30, 60, 90. After that, I meet one-on-ones once a month. And then we do quarterly reviews. Mm-hmm. So there should be never a point in time where they don't understand that they're not meeting expectations, if that's not the case. And just staying in touch with my team and all making sure that, hey, expectations are very upfront and you're meeting them or you're not quarterly reviews is that too time intensive for you to take on not yet my team is not large so i can handle it but i found is now i can handle well five people and of those five people anyone that is brought on like right now we have several admin assistants so i develop my leadership admin and they are the ones who counsel their assistants So I am not directly managing every single person on my team, although I am managing all the leadership on my team. What's the difference between the monthly review and a quarterly review? The monthly is just a one-on-one, and then the quarterly is an actual review. So with the one-on-one, it's much more casual. I'm like, how's your life going? What are issues that you've been seeing in your part of this company, and how can I fix them? And we kind of troubleshoot, and we try to smooth out systems, because I'm I'm a huge systems person. Mm -hmm. Everything is documented. There's to-do lists. There's checklists, all that stuff. But that's the one-on-one where it's like more of a sync with that person. Whereas a quarterly review is exactly like it was at the 30, 60, 90, where I'm like, hey, and I literally call them sustains and improves, which anyone who's military is listening (laughs) will understand that. So here are the things you need to sustain that you're doing really well. And here are the things you need to improve. So that's counseling. Whereas the one-on-one is more of like an interaction of like, hey, let's talk. How are things going? Do you have a template that you follow for the sustains and improve? I do. (laughs) What are some typical things that are on there? I may or may not be asking for selfish reasons because I'm trying to put something together for my- Sure. I just pulled up one in sustains. I have perfectionism, high standards, work ethic, team player, owning your lane, desire to learn and grow. And then for improves, I have time management, 
you need to effectively use your limited time getting out of your comfort zone in lead generating, so that was specific. And then systems, both building your own and using the ones provided, and then understanding and attacking priorities first. So I see a lot of times people all the time will do the easy tasks to get them mm-hmm. off their to-do list, when in reality, they should just be focusing on their 20%. Are you familiar with 80-20? I am, yeah. Perry Marshall wrote a really good book on that. The one thing I didn't hear was quantifiable items. So it's very subjective from how you just mentioned perfection, time management, high standards. So how do you actually track that? It's easier with different roles. So this was an admin. With my agents, it's much more clear cut because it leads brought to the team, number of closings, very Mm -hmm. specific numbers, volume, stuff like that. But with admin, it is, you're totally right. It is subjective. Yeah. I get that from the sales team or for real estate agents. I get that. But from an admin standpoint, so with your military mind, you're fine with it being subjective when you do the review process because there's really nothing that you can point to like black and white, yes or no, since it's not quantifiable. Well, I don't have numbers for these people, but this is funny. They call it my tattle sheet, which is not (laughs) bad. But basically I have a Word document because I'm always on my computer. So I have a Word document for each of them. That's where I take notes for one-on-one. So that way I can remember everything specific going in their lives. Mm -hmm. But I also keep a running list of things because I'm not going to stop them for every little thing. But if I see something where it was a time sensitive project where they didn't jump on it and attack it, or if something was discussed on the phone that I thought was unprofessional, I literally will keep it on their sheet saying, Hey, this is what went down. This is the date. And this was the situation because I like to specifically address Mm. things that I see. Cause you're right. People need specifics. I'm glad we went deep here because that is a great idea. I assume it's a Google document. That way you can access it on your phone or... Well, actually, I have Word documents for my one-on-ones, but I do use Evernote because that's okay. where right. I sync my phone. I downloaded Evernote about three years ago, and I swore I would start using it, but I haven't. I've stuck to Google documents, but I know it'd be better. Okay, that's very, very informative. I'm glad we went down that path. So let's take a giant step back and let's talk about 130 transactions, 19 million in volume during your first year. In your average transaction size is around 100,000 or so? 146. 146. So you close around 11 deals a month last year. Which is gross, man. That's not enough. This year we're doing 350. Okay. So how did you get to 11 deals a month right out of the gate? Because you're not impressed with it, but 11 deals is 11 deals per month. So it's an accomplishment depending on whose perception it is. So how did you do that? And then I'll ask you some follow-up questions for this year. Sure. So it's funny because it didn't start out this way. And if you take into account... In January last year, we closed three deals and we did not close over six a month until June. And that is because we're a growing business and literally it takes traction. It took developing systems. Every single one of my agents has been licensed for less than two years and only a little over one. So literally when I built this team, I was the most senior person and I'd been licensed for a year. And like, (laughs) (laughs) so it's ridiculous. So basically it went from the ground where we did three closings, which were all mine in January. And then by the end of the year, we're closing, I think our best month, we closed 30 possibly. So that's the expectation this year is we're closing 29 or 30 every month. Okay. And what's the primary process that you're implementing 
that gives you confidence to close 30 a month this year when that was your highest month total last year? Because last year was all about building and training and developing. And now my team understands their role and all of our systems checklist as much as possible is automated. It's all there. It's all in place. And then with that, most real estate teams, their biggest issue is leads. Whereas thanks to bigger pockets and Matt Faircloth, do you know Matt Faircloth? I do. Yeah. So he did a docu-series here in Fayetteville and we hosted Pints and Properties. One of It's uh, my real estate event, like the meetup that I host here for that event. So through bigger pockets, through conferences, like we have plenty of leads. One of the biggest things is our deals. So we like to package deals for people and literally just send like, hey, we've ran the numbers. We have the estimate even attached to the BP calculator. Like this is a great deal ready to go. So getting that in place, which we have now, will allow us to feed all of our leads and hit our numbers. So it's kind of backwards. We're backwards. With the systems and the process, what's one aspect of the process or systems that you've changed to enhance? And I know you've probably been enhancing all the systems, but what's something that comes to mind? Truly the biggest piece that was missing was the admin. So my agents are pretty cool that I can just set them wild and they produce. The admin, it's because there's so many details and so many things that they need to check on and do that building that comprehensive checklist and making it automated, finding the right systems to automate all that, including after closing a week later, the review request goes out and then we send out the congrats. All of those little pieces are finally plugged into our puzzle and systemized. And that is the biggest piece of leverage that is now in place. Based on your experience as a real estate investor, What is your best real estate investing advice ever? Take action. I hate the analysis by (laughs) paralysis by analysis. You know, you know what I'm talking about. I know what you're going with. Because the best way to learn is to jump in there and learn on the fly because you can listen to podcasts, you can read books, you can study your butt off, but until you're in the project, that is the best way to learn and the best way to expedite your growth. So just jump in. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's do it. First, quick word from our best ever partners. Best ever listeners, go to BEC20.com. Look in the top left-hand corner. You can earn 15% as an affiliate. You can join the affiliate program and participate in the conference that way and basically earn a free ticket to the conference, BEC20.com. Have you heard about the latest podcast for entrepreneurs called Tough Decisions? Listen to Dan and Danae Hanford as they interview successful people from around the world about tough decisions as entrepreneurs. Visit toughdecisions.net and be sure to subscribe to their free weekly entrepreneurial email. That's toughdecisions.net. All right, Shelby, what's the best ever deal you've done? Best ever deal I've done. I really like my first investment property where it was just literally a 20% down on a duplex, but it crushes all of my other properties. Ooh, sorry. Or real quick. I love my Airbnb. I bought it off market under value. It's got 75,000 in equity now, and it brings in a thousand dollars a month in cash flow. What deal have you lost the most money on? Ooh, 16 unit apartment complex. Hurricane came in two weeks after closing and wiped out all six HVAC units. No insurance? wasn't in a flood zone. <laughs> and how much you lose? At least 50. 50. Grand. Okay. Yeah. And if you come across a deal like that again, would you do the flood insurance or would you still not? If it's not in a flood zone, I'm not doing flood insurance. 
So in that one, I probably would have done the exact same thing, but I now have flood insurance on that property. What's the best ever way you like to give back to the community? I love to educate, free education. So we have our Pines and Properties investor meetup that's free. And then we also have our Be More training for agents. I don't care what firm you're in, come and I will teach you everything I know about being an agent. And how can the best ever listeners learn more about what you got going on? Anywhere on Instagram, Facebook, Five Pillars Realty Group, or Real Estate with Shelby Osborne. Shelby, thank you so much for being on the show. Really enjoyed talking about what systems you have in your company to get you to where you want to go. And then also what you have in place for us to analyze how you got to this point. As well as I know we went deep in the quarterly review and the review process and how you maintain accountability. And based on your Army background, I wanted to go there because there's a lot of things that it sounds like you learned from that experience that you've applied to business and it's certainly working out very well so i wanted to dig in there so thanks so much for being on the show enjoyed our conversation hope you have a best ever day talk to you again soon thank you so much bye have you heard about the latest podcast for entrepreneurs called tough decisions listen to dan and danae hanford as they interview successful people from around the world about tough decisions as entrepreneurs visit toughdecisions.net and be sure to subscribe to their free weekly entrepreneurial email. That's toughdecisions.net. Best ever listeners, go to bec20.com. Look in the top left-hand corner. You can earn 15% as an affiliate. You can join the affiliate program and participate in the conference that way and basically earn a free ticket to the conference, bec20.com.